What is your profession? Welcome to OCR Audio with your hosts, Luke and Jack. Here we are, episode 22 of OCR Audio podcast. Um, this weekend, we sent our very own Luke um, away to the Tough Mudder to do the Toughest Mudder Wave. Um, so we'll have a chat with him. And then afterwards, we're going to have a quick chat with Will Chung um, about all things Tough Mudder. How's it going, Luke? You all right? Yeah, good, man. Good. good all recovered? Yeah, pretty much recovered from the weekend. Um, 10 miles of the Tougher Wave. Tougher Wave. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. So, so let's let's get into it. Let's start with the nitty gritty. Um, how did it compare? Uh, let's let's. You're not at the you're not at the race at the minute. You're um, you know, you, you're going to the venue. Um, what's what's the feeling like? What's the atmosphere like from a racing point of view? Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, although I did have to wake up at like half four in the morning to get um to get a lift up. We drove up in the morning. Myself and uh, Becky Rendell, who also raced the Tougher Wave, um, we drove up from Paul because we live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so we drove the back way up through the sticks, um, all the way up to I think it was in Gloucester, somewhere around there. It was about two hours ish away from us. So yeah, nice early drive. Pretty easy event to find. Um, Sign posted as you got closer to the event. Um, on a very vast kind of private land with a um, a lovely private house, um, I believe. Managed to get good good parking quite close to the section of the event. Um, grabbed my tougher bib, which is a very nice colour of yellow. Do you get to keep them? I do I've got I've got it here somewhere. There it is. So yeah, you get a nice. Nice bib that you have to wear in the race. Um, pretty much like greeny yellow with tougher mudder on, which is always a nice uh, souvenir. And is nice it only just the, the, that particular wave you did that gets those, like the competitive race? Uh, yeah, the competitive races get these bibs. So I've got one from the t- tougher, um, mm-hmm. and I've also got a blue one from toughest mudder, which right. is the eight-hour race um, that I did earlier this year. Um, and I've got one from last year as well. So every competitive race, I think they give out these bibs. Um, it's always nice. Um, it's good. They're good looking. Um, you also get headbands, tougher headbands, tougher mm. mudder with a nice uh, little logo on. Of- I hear they're trying to get trying to get rid of the headbands in tough mudder. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I think people are getting fed up with the and they want bling. They want to go bling. It, you but- say don't look cool in this headband. Uh, you don't look cool. No, <laughs> <laughs> I've not. I've yet to find anybody other than Ryan Atkins that looks cool in a freaking headband. Or Ryan Kent come to that. Well, yeah, Ryan Kent's got the little ponytail. He's got so the ponytail, which helps pull it off. But uh, yeah, the rest of us just look um, idiots. Amazing in them. <laughs> did you go yeah. top under the vest, or did you go just vest? I did. I wore my VO2 top, representing underneath. Um, I don't know why. I just kind of thought. I'll have a top on. I don't normally go shirtless anyway at the races. No. Um, there were some water obstacles out on course, so I thought a bit of a t-shirt, give me some more installation. But 
Um, yeah, I went for a vest. Um, it was a pretty good idea. It was quite warm after I got running. So, so you've parked. I assume you've drunk your already your pre-workout, which you traditionally do. Um, you've taken your drugs, which you do as well. Um, so now you're ready to go. So you're lining up. What time is the elite wave start? Um, it was 8, 8 a.m. I did have my amino energy optimum nutrition on the way to wake me up. Plug, plug, plug. Nice bit of caffeine. Um, but yeah, eight o'clock, so you have to go over to the little start pen. Um, kind of, they give you a little warm up. It was quite fun, the warm yeah. up. Um, a little bit more fun than normal. Does it feel competitive at this point? Um, like, like, you know how, I mean, anybody that's done Spartan, when you get in that sort of elite wave, it does feel very competitive. Like, you know, all of a sudden you're in a race. Did it, did it feel like that with Tough Matter? Um, right at the, when they counted down, I think that was the moment that I thought, oh, hello. Yeah, okay. It could be, be a race. Um, obviously, there were some really good uh, runners there. Um, so it was definitely going to be a race, but the atmosphere kind of switched as we got to the start line. They had you in a pen, and then you walked over to the start line, which was about 100 yards away. So you did the fun little warm-up, I guess, um, with the guy on the mic. He was very energetic. Um, we got over, we did the Tough Mudder pledge, which I guess is the thing they do at every race. they got to read from the board. Um, it's cool. It's different. Um, then they counted down and we were off. One nice thing as well, um, male and female went in off of the same wave. Oh, did they? So like traditional Spartan style? Yeah, went off together, which was cool. I thought, yeah, yeah. decent. Um, yeah, hit the course and I think our first mile was fairly fast. Um, it was a flat course, very flat. I think. Spartan Race Island, um, so pretty, pretty level course. Nothing crazy. Suited you then? Yeah, it was nice for me. Um, so I basically replaced a long run that I had on Saturday scheduled in my training with this run. But obviously, this is a much, uh, much quicker pace than I went for. So first mile, five fifty-five. Yeah, that is quick. Um, and then the other, the next three miles were all around 6.30ish. And bear in mind, the first mile didn't really have that many st obstacles to slow you down. No, right, okay. Um, so, yeah, it was a fast out-the-gate race. Um, Tom Tweddle and Tristan kind of got in front in the first bit and created a bit of separation within the first mile or two. I was kind of third, fourth, fifth position in the second pack um, with James Burton and Daz from Nuclear Phoenix. We were kind of in that second little bit. Um, and then we started getting into a few obstacles, um, a few kind of slight hills but it was still very flat um, and then I managed to make up some ground and catch up with Tristan maybe round about mile three four somewhere around about there mm -hmm. going into like boa constrictor which is the tunnel you have to go in and out 
Yeah. Uh, went into that, went together, then we went into Blockness, big turny squares. Is that like, as the solo runner, is that the one that they reckon's the hardest to do? Or is, is well, it like a stigma like the Spear or Twister? With, with no, it was doable. Um, I think the two that I was just kind of like, oh, I've got to get through this was Arctic Enema, because it's just yeah. cold. I was just yeah. like, and it was quite early on. So I crossed through that and there wasn't that much ice, thankfully. Then straight away after Arctic Enema was uh, electroshock therapy. Yeah. Um, I kind of went for the sideways sneaky approach. Um, it got shocked twice, but it wasn't too bad. Um, I managed to make it through, got back into my stride quite quickly. Um, yeah, Blockness, it's quite big. Being about five foot nine, I could do it. I could jump, grab the top. It just took me a few more seconds than Tristan. He's a little bit taller. He managed to get himself over quicker. Got in front of me a little bit. Um, I think I just haven't done it before since Toughest Mudder. So I just kind of took it a bit easy. Just kind of jumped. Didn't really like give it everything. Just got through those obstacles. Um, realistically... Obstacles that could be a failure on course were Funky Monkey and yeah. Kong. So they would require a lot more upper body grip work. Yeah, very upper body grip orientated. So, um, and they had them back to back. Not okay. too bad. Tough. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm fairly proficient on those kind of obstacles. Um, Got decent technique on Funky Monkey to get between the rings, which is normally what catches people out. Um, is when you get on that first wheel and it swings. Normally, yeah, sure. everybody fly off on that first wheel. Um, I've got decent technique to get across those. So once I'd done those, and they were quite far back in the course, so once I got through that, I was like, okay, I know. Pretty much there's no failure obstacles left um i would say from a racer's point of view they're all doable obstacles it's not like spartan where you have uh, the spear which is generally for everybody a 50 50. you hit well, it, you well for, for you know most of you mm. <laughs> uh, this year. and so other than that though for a race, it was fast, very fast, um, very flat. Um, the one obstacle I did have a bit of trouble with was the pegboard. Right. They have like a slant in pegboard, um, which was kind of cool. I was like, oh, pegboard, this is great. Um, I ran up to it, got my pegs, went one, two. As I put my second one up, I expected it to go like into the hole, like a pegboard, but it kind of like, missed and got caught on the edge and it fell out it was wasn't a, it was a very shallow pegboard or it might have been the side that I was on so I slipped um that's where kind of the separation happened between me and Tristan he made it over quite quickly I took about I don't know another 20 30 seconds maybe to make it across with so the what, what is the sort of the failure then Do, is there a penalty loop or I don't know. I managed to, well, I slipped down, but I managed to keep myself on. I just oh, didn't. Yeah. Like, so have you got to go up and over or a traverse? Uh, you got to go up and over. Oh, okay. So I slipped down to like my second hand. Um, I just lost my footing. So I managed to reset and then 
make it over, but I just had to take it a lot slower, a lot more cautious. I was going at it like I would a normal pegboard and just bang, bang, bang. Yeah. So it just cost me um, cost me the chance to... Those 13 seconds. Yeah, it just cost me a chance to make up that ground. Um, and then Daz was right behind me. So I did come off the obstacle and try to get back into my running speed uh, quite quickly, which I... Very happy with this weekend. I managed to hit all obstacles and then come off and hit my normal kind of speed. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really any obstacles that fatigued you, like bucket carry, um, hoist. So you can maintain that good pace. Yeah, you can maintain a good pace. Your legs are getting tired, obviously, from the running, the jumping, um, explosiveness, but there's no heaviness going on your legs. You're not having to carry a bucket, sandbags. Um, the hills weren't there, so they're not fatiguing your legs, etc. So as a race, it was quite good. Um, very flat, very open. Um, we did, we went through the forest a few times, but pretty much kind of big, doable obstacles, but more of a very good running race, I would say, um, than a obstacle cool yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's funny isn't it because like obstacle course racing can be anything from like what we were talking to leon a like a little while ago about 400 meter racing 3k racing 10 and it could then be 24 hour racing in las vegas you know like yeah. obstacle it is it's so broad um yeah. like we're talking about mark about you know it, it can be anything can I just think it is an obstacle course race, don't get me wrong, but what is okay. an obstacle course race? I mean, we all think Spartan is, and I, I personally would say an obstacle course race is something that tests your every every something, you know, and, uh-huh. and it does sound like Tough Mudder does test your grip with Kong, but I would say it's not there to really be a test against your strength and your grip. It is more a case of just completing the race scenario opposed to actually trying to make you fail yeah it's a it's a doable race yeah um i think that's when it comes down to all the obstacles are pretty much doable it comes down to how efficient you are on the obstacles um because obviously i let myself down on the pegboard not being efficient cost me the chance to like battle higher up yeah um so it comes down to efficiency and pretty much how good a runner you are, I think. Which is why someone like Tom Tweddle is killing it because oh, he, he was runner. he was probably about two minutes ahead. Um, he just cruised through, absolutely destroyed the course. Uh, but as a race, as a competitive thing in the UK, I think it's great to have that option. Um, they have like, I don't know, I think about eight, nine, maybe even 10 of these races a year. For this year, they've had races, isn't they? Yeah, yeah they've already had about seven, including the European Championship race, which was in England, which John Albon won. Yeah, and um, so there is quite a big calendar of races from Tough Mudder. So it'd be interesting to see if they have that many next year, um, and it might be worth if you wish to do like a competitive season adding these races into your calendar are they good training races that sounds silly but would you recommend someone doing that way for instance potentially for spartan like you've done you know using it as a bit of a training run 10 mile obstacles not obstacles that are going to kill your grip kill your strength but 
obstacles that, like you say, good for obstacle training in the sense of run up to an obstacle, complete the obstacle, run away from the obstacle. That, to me, sounds like a brilliant training day. Yeah. I think, yes, it would be good for that. But if you only go in as, oh, it's only a training day, you probably won't get in the top five or something, unless... But then again, I suppose that's, I mean, like, let's, let's be honest. I mean, you finished third. I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. You finished third behind Tristan C and Tom Tweddle. You had what, Das and James Burton behind that, I assume. Yeah. Anybody else in there? Um, there's a few other people, not too many people that I recognise. But uh, yeah, James Burton, Daz, I'm trying to think now. So that would be, what I'm getting at is it's going to be one of those five that are going to be top three all time because they've purely got, well, one, they've got experience, two, they've got the ability to run, and three, unless you're a serious runner coming new into the sport of OCR, it's going to be one of those top five guys winning top three, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, I think um, maybe if you looked at the women's side as well, they had quite a competitive five in their closer, isn't it? a bit closer but then maybe when you went outside of the five it wasn't that competitive so women then you've got andrea you had andrea uh, jade skillen came second uh nikki johnson yeah. was third uh becky randall was fourth yeah um so it's going to be again those girls, and and if you add someone like you know our good friend um, Natasha in, you know then you've got someone else that could probably mix it up there. You know, there's a couple of other Spartan names that have gone from me, but I'm surprised actually with the prize money being five hundred, two fifty, one hundred. Is that right? Yeah. I'm surprised with the money being that good, which is not bad, is it? Um, I'm surprised there's not more people that do it. I really am. Well, I think. Many. I don't know why I don't do it. Well, so yeah. <laughs> um, I guess signing up for it is another um, money, isn't it? Another expense. But if you have a chance of winning the money, yeah. Then if you have a chance of winning, even I won like third place, a hundred pounds. That's it's good enough. It probably paid for your ticket. It's paid for your travel. Yeah, it probably Most. would cover that kind of thing. Um, if you're Tom and you've won 500, you've probably made profit, but it is a lot of money to travel around to do these races. The best way would be to get a season pass and then do the races because you just have to pay a top up of 25 pound, I think. Right. Do that it's a bit way. like Spartan season pass where you pay yeah. that extra. It's almost the same as Spartan. But say if you were a competitive uh, OCR racer and you wanted to do um say all of the um all of the tougher races and you wanted to do spartan as well in the uk you could probably do both they don't seem to be um that much of a crossover on the races um so they're not on the same weekend much i don't think um tough mudder have more races that you can win money at um so you could do all of the tougher races and, say, the Spartan series if you wanted. And that yeah. would give you probably about 12 competitive races, 12 to 13, 14 maybe. All money-winning races. All money-orientated or prize-orientated races. Um, I think if, say, 
Tough Mudder did want to attract like a more competitive crowd, if they could maybe put four fifth, uh, give a prize away for fourth and fifth instead of having it be money orientated, give free race or a free 5k. There. Just big house to fight for. Well, yeah, just something else to entice people because I guess sometimes when you know that three or four people are going to go to a race, you kind of think, oh, maybe they're going to be, if say Connor goes, Connor might win. Tom's going to go, Tom might win. Tristan's going to go, Tristan might win. So it might, people might look at it and think, oh, I might not go. But it should go. It's a competitive race. Again, with OCR, you never know what's going to happen. Somebody could come off an obstacle. Yeah. Uh, I think if they want to make a bigger thing out of it, they could add a couple of more prizes, just small ones, um, to third and um, fourth and fifth. Yeah. I mean, they've got plenty of sponsors, haven't they? They could easy. Yeah. Uh, they could easy give away something as a sponsor prize that I'm sure they could get. Um, like you say, even a free race. Yeah, I would have loved a box of Trek bars. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> You're always thinking about food. <laughs> Screw the money. I want Trek bars. <laughs> oh, honestly, I, I won a trail race a couple of years ago and they gave me a box of Cliff bars yeah, as like, yeah. my prize. It was amazing. Yeah. I was like, thank you. <laughs> they went all on the journey home. <laughs> hey, they did not last long. No, but, they um, long. Nutrition. Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely. Uh, like, you should get down there, man. You should. Do man, I'm doing it. I'm doing school. it. I'm sold. I, I, look, it's difficult because I love Spartan. I love. I think I love Spartan so much, not purely because of the. Well, this sounds sounds wrong. The brand is awesome, but not purely just because of the brand. But actually, I like the style of race Spartan offer. Mm-hmm. I'm. I do run races now. Even the part run five k. I'm not happy unless I'm carrying something. You know, I even picked my niece up, like, not so long ago and did the part right with my niece in my shoulder. Because actually, I thought, screw it, let's go for a bit of training, you know. Did you, did you find you missed a carry? Did you feel like you wanted to drag they a block? They one carry. Oh, did they? Yeah, there was one carry. It was a sandbag. Um, and you had to go over one wall and another wall. But it was very short. Yeah. Um, and the bag wasn't too heavy. So... Yeah. I think obviously if you're a newer person to OCR or carries are not your thing. Probably not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Do you think do you fun. think Tough Mudder and Spartan are trying to be sounds silly because they're a completely separate race, but do you think they're trying to be too similar? Do you not think it would be best if Tough Mudder just kept their way, Spartan kept their way? You're always gonna get the likes of me, you, Jesse, you know, uh, Scotty, who Ben Comrie, who likes Spartan. You're always going to get the Tom Tweddles, the Das, the James Burtons, who love Tough Mudder. You know, do you think they're trying to do it all too much, or what? Which way do you think they should go? Do you think they should start introducing more like you know age group waves and carries? Do you think it's a way to go for Spartan and Tough Mudder? Um, I think Tough Mudder. Obviously, this is kind of like their second year of competitive stuff obviously world's toughest mother has been going for a long time yeah but we've only seen the toughest eight hour race and the tougher waves come since last year i think um i think with the product that they've got of a competitive product they're doing a good job they're probably missing out from a market inside because there wasn't too much online about the wave 
there wasn't too many pictures that got posted on the Instagram or the Facebook. It kind of just happened. And then we got to hold the checks at the end, which was a really cool thing to hold up a check. They didn't let you keep it. I'm not happy. No, you really want a check, don't you? I, I almost said, can I just have the check and not the money? But then I thought, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, no, that's a cool thing. Obviously, I posted the picture on my Instagram. I see, yeah. Uh, you looked very happy with that, Luke. <laughs> you had a little smile and you check at the air. I was, I was like, yay. And then they Tom, were like, Tom looks like he's just like been run over here in his face. Like, come on, you just got 500 quid, be happy. And Tristan's no. just like there with like a Cheshire cat smile on him face. That was before they told me I couldn't keep it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, no, put it back. I was like, you would have stood on it before that. <laughs> um, right, so the burning question then, will you do another one, Luke? Yes, I would do another one, definitely. Uh, it w I would do a tougher wave, um, another one for sure. But no, it was definitely a good enough race, a challenging enough race, a competitive race to for, for me want to do another one. Right, so next year, Tough Man will come out and say, right, we're having a pro team. Luke, you, you're on it. However, you cannot do any other races. Would you join that pro team? No other races? No other races, no oh, oh, oh. oh, I don't know. That would be a hard one because I do love doing other races, Spartan. Um, so, no, I don't think I could just do one race. But no. obviously... This is my first tougher, so I guess... It's only going to get better, isn't it, to be honest? Yeah, it will get better. They've just kind of started with competitiveness in these waves. I think, say, we got 10 really good racers, OCR racers from around the UK to go to one of the tougher waves. It would make it so much, so much more of a fun um, event and so much more competitive that that would make it people would want to go back especially the competitive people i think people would want to see that race as well yeah fast flat course people just absolutely bombing it along at like six thirty miles do we know where the next one is um we do i believe the next one might be in london south um, london isn't it yeah i think south london quite close to me hello um, you can't go again without me. That's just unfair. Well, I know you took Becky. I know she's like prettier and blonder and bigger boobs than me, but oh, I don't know. Yours are pretty big, mate. <laughs> but um, no, yeah. So there is another three events. I think they've got three. There's still plenty of time to get uh, a tough mother virgin out there. Then yeah, tough mother virgin. Plenty of time to get you out there, mate. Get me uh, the obstacles ready for. Tough, toughest mother next year. Yeah. So Northwest is the next competitive tougher wave. What is it with these races putting the freaking bloody compass bloody on them? I mean, just call the place out. It's a lot easier. But people get confused. Where's so, Northwest? Where is uh, it? In the Northwest. <laughs> but so okay, so September. everything's Northwest for you. Yeah, I know. I live so far down south. I should be in France. Um, so September 8th is the next competitive one. If there is a code at the moment on their website, save 30% with TM30 Flash. Ooh, Flash. Ah, save it, universe. 
And then there is London South. London South. London South seems to be the last event of... So everyone's going to go to that one then? Yeah, there is two competitive uh, events. Ooh. One on the 22nd of September, um, London South Weekend 1. And then London South Weekend 2, 29th of September, uh, is a competitive event. 29th of September is Weekend 2. Okay, and now I'm just getting greedy. And they've also released a lot of the events for 2019, three locations already. So check out their website. They've got plenty of races on there. Um, plenty of competitive waves. Awesome, man. Right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to the real professional, <laughs> Mr. Will Chung. Guys, while we're taking a break, why don't you head over to our social media channels. You can find us at Instagram, at OCR underscore audio. You can find us on Facebook, at OCR audio. And you can now find us on YouTube, just search OCR Audio to check out our new vlogs. Please like, share, subscribe where possible and very much appreciated if you could possibly put us a review down on any platform. That would be awesome. Right, back to the podcast. Right, so we've been joined today by Will Chung, Tough Mudder UK Ambassador. Will, how are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. It's uh, it's it's good. I've just come back from uh, the weekend at, at Southwest and just recovering a little bit. I I did three laps over the weekend. Um, I've not been training for not been training for quite a while. So um, the Sunday the, the the Sunday fun day lap was a bit of a struggle to be honest. But yeah, it's it's good weekend. Yeah, so three laps. That's three times through Arctic Enema and three times through Electroshock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And are you guys were there? What, what did you? Think? Was it your first one? Yeah, that was my first uh, tough mudder event. I'd done the toughest mudder before, yeah. But never just like the standard 10, 10 mile course. And yeah, it was fun. Uh, yeah, I haven't been electric shocked in a race, for many <laughs> so that was uh, interesting. But did it, did it get you quite a bit, or was it just the one? Only twice. I was quite lucky. That's not I bad. Managed to like. Mission Impossible, my way through. <laughs> that was all right. What What was your technique? Was it? I saw a lot of people just running straight through, and I don't know if that's the best way. Um, I don't think you should run. I think you should walk nice and steady. Uh, for me, and I, and I say to all the all the newbies that, that doing electric shock therapy, you've just got to realise you're going to get shot. Don't try and dodge it. Don't try and kind of run through or, or crawl through. Just walk through. You're going to get shot, whatever you do. So actually, if you know it's coming, then it's not going to be so much of a shock. Yeah. Um, and actually, what, uh, you, you got hit twice. I normally get hit five or six times, but it's not as bad as what people anticipate either, really. It's just that, you know, um, licking a nine-volt battery. That's how I kind of do it. It's what we used to do when we were kids and just dare each other. So... Yeah, the, the, I think the trick is know that you're going to get shot. Yeah, definitely. It's, um, there's actually a video on our OCR Audio Instagram TV of Electroshock, about a minute long, and there's people just legging it through. They get the first hit on the shoulder and then like, down on the floor. <laughs> I stood there for about good three, four minutes after the, my race finished, just watching it. Oh, it was funny. People I, I, 
Yeah, I remember my very first race. It was a, a couple of years ago at Northwest, and um, we did exactly the same. We took the finisher beer. We, we were sitting, standing in front of electric shock therapy for about half an hour, just watching people go get shocked. And it's it's the funniest when they do fall on the ground and they don't realise there's an electric shock um, wire on their ass that's just there, and then all of a sudden they just jump and they go, ah, crap. Um, that's the funniest part. So yeah. The thing is that uh, if, if it hits you in the head, it will take you down, won't it? It will take you off your feet. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they say 10,000 volts, uh, I think they, they say, but I, I've been lucky so far that yes, I've been shocked, but never on a nerve. And it is, if they get you on a joint or on a nerve, that's when you go down and then that's when you're in trouble. Um, but yeah, it's always been shoulder or chest or something for me. It's normally towards the end as well, isn't it? It's the last obstacle, is it? Normally? Uh, usually, but this this year they have changed it. So now it's been um, put halfway through. Um, actually, in Southwest, he was, he was a bit unlucky that they've made it the full length before uh, for the rest of the season. It's just been kind of turned around 90 degrees. So it's a, maybe a couple of metres and through. But this time, I think it's, what is it, five, six, seven metres um, oh, all the way? But, yeah. It was gone. Yeah. <laughs> No, so uh, yeah, I was, at, I was at the Southwest event. Uh, I ran the tougher wave in the morning, but it was a good event. Um, what did you think about the event, Will? You went round uh, with the Solo Mudders, did you? Yeah, with, with OCR Solo Mudders, it was uh, they're the group that I, I started doing um, uh, uh, tough mudders and, and all OCRs with. Yeah, it's, it's a good event. I mean, for, for me, Southwest. Uh, and I know for you guys as, as runners, you probably enjoyed the very long straights um, going down. Myself, maybe not quite so much of a fan. Um, I, I don't mind running. I, I, I just thought it, I, I like a bit more trail run. And um, in the other courses, you're normally going through woods and, and kind of curving around and through corners. But sometimes you, you could see how much further you've got to run before the next obstacle. However, saying that, they, they had some great obstacles. They, they had the new, uh, they call it alpha test, but whatever they call it, and if they bring that in. But... You know, I love Kong Infinity, Block Ness, you know, the really big ones that people go to and, and know, Mud Mile, they, they were all there. So uh, overall, it was still, you know, a great obstacle race. Yeah, one of the things I really liked about the event was on, um, I think it was, what's the Boa Constrictor obstacle? They yeah. had music, they had a guy actually on a mic, like chatting about people going through, yeah. like just in the middle of the course. Yeah, one obstacle and then another obstacle they had music as well which was pretty cool when you're running i was just like oh music here this is decent yeah um, it, it, it's great that you know they're trying to add more more um atmosphere and vibe um and and especially when you're you know towards the middle of the course and you're the furthest part away there's yeah. very few uh, spectators around so to have some they call MVPs, um, most valuable players or, or, or whatever. But the, the, the marshals, they're, they're all hyped up. They're all there with, you know, some with microphones, some with music. And it's just great to see someone smiling and saying, go on, you can do it and, 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 keep, and keep going. But yeah, it's, it's great that they, they have brought out more uh, music boxes around the course as well for, for this, this season. Yeah, that's good. So what's your favourite obstacle? Uh, I don't know whether you've seen my Instagram feed just recently, but I'm really torn between two. Um, for me, I, I really like Kong Infinity because my upper body strength has always been absolutely terrible. So now being able to play around on Kong and, and being able to complete it is, is fantastic. But I think as a 
as a tough mudder obstacle, as a teamwork obstacle, something for fun, I think Block Ness, Block Ness is, is, is awesome. Um, uh, it's the spinning blocks that are in the water that you have to basically uh, get over. And if you're in the tougher wave, when, it, when, it, when you're on your own, it's actually quite easy. Um, I think it becomes more difficult when there's more people there and you need to get the team and everybody working together and understanding what they have to do to, to get over. Because on your own, it's just a simple kind of pull up, jump over and, and get across. Um, but it, it's great. And then when, when you get the, 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 um, the block rolling and rolling, that's when it, it starts to become you know, really easy. And then you know, uh, it's, it's all about the teamwork and, and camaraderie from there on. No, definitely. Um, when we did the toughest mud at the eight-hour event, yeah, all the time we got to Block Ness, there was like quite a few people there normally. So even in that event, it was trying to like, right, you're going to push, we're going to pull. It's yeah. definitely a teamwork kind of obstacle, but yeah. And especially at um, you know six or seven o'clock in the morning, you needed you needed that better help because I was. I was running around with a friend at, at Europe's Toughest Mudder uh, for most of the night, and but it was the last few hours I, I was running solo to get the to get the mileage in, and Block Ness was probably the one I was most worried about because I thought I'm going to be tired. It's going it's going to be so much more difficult to try and pull yourself up and over. But yeah, always fortunate. There was always people around, either just in front of you or just behind you, so you get together as a group, help each yeah, other over, and then off you go. Right. So with Kong, what was your technique? Do you go forwards on it? Because I went backwards. Do you? Uh, well, it, it's interesting. We were talking about that, but I, I go forwards. And for me, I, I've kind of got this technique that you start to swing left to right, which helps you reach up to the, to the next to the next ring. Yeah, um, right. So that, that's how I do it. And, and you've got to be quite steady you can't go too fast because as the rings come down they kind of bounce around a little bit so you just got to be you, you can't do it as fast as you'd like to you just got to be steady but yeah I, I swing left to right um and go forwards nice i've seen people go sideways have you tried doing it that way no it was the first time i tried it i saw backwards um online when yeah erica went backwards and i thought that must i'll give that a go so yeah right. Yeah. That's why you do Twister, isn't it? So I suppose it's the same sort yeah. of Yeah. I mean, I don't know what Kong is. I know the idea of Kong, but I'm not sure the technique of it. So I is thought it... it was quite nice because I could see the rings falling down. Yeah. And in your this position, I could reach up. But if I'm underneath, I can't reach up. So I thought The rings aren't there. They fall down for you, do they? Yeah, they're like... Um like gymnastics kind of rings and they come right. down as you roll. So they right. as well. But um, it's a good obstacle, a big obstacle. I think they had three lanes in Southwest. Yeah. Um, which was fine. There was a lot of people there, uh, a lot of people giving it a go when I went back round to check out uh, the bigger obstacles. But it was, it was fun. It was a good obstacle. Yeah, so it's, it's a fantastic obstacle. What they had, I think it was last year, where did you do, did you go, oh, I guess you was, you was racing, so you didn't do just normal Kong, which is the, the, the five rings. But last year, there were, the, there were the rings. <laughs> there were the rings just over the airbag. That's what it was last year. And then they, they've upgraded to Kong Infinity for this, this year with the, the hamster wheel, the monkey bars. No, I like that. That's a, it's a much different obstacle, much more challenging for people. And they've, um, Tough Mudder seemed to do a lot of integration to new obstacles, at least making it more challenging for people, which yeah. is, not, is good. 
Do you um, find the new obstacles are becoming very solo? Um, so, for instance, because obviously Tough Mudder is now moving towards these competitive waves. Yeah. To actually think about solo racer opposed to the team, because obviously Tough Mudder originally was just more for participation and a, a, maybe a group of friends or a group of, you know, doing it. Whereas now they've got these solo races going out, like Luke, Luke at the weekend, you know. Yeah. Your Tom Tweddles, your Tristan Steeds that are going out to win money. Um, so, obviously, Tough Mudder have to sort of balance out. and that, that, Do you not think that takes away from from what Tough Mudder's about, Will? Um, yeah, yes and no. I, I, I do I do agree that because they're opening out to uh, so, more solo races, so with the toughest wave and, and uh, toughest murder and tougher, that they have to have something that, that's more solo. So, but then, you know, Kong, Kong Infinity is, is one of those that it is yourself and it is actually upper body strength where generally the... Um, the Tough Mudder obstacles have always been, okay, if you haven't got the strength, then someone's going to throw you over a wall or whatever. Um, but they have always had Funky Monkey, um, which is monkey bars over water and then um, going onto the, the wheels. So I think they currently they do have that balance between um, a lot of teamwork obstacles and then one or two solo obstacles. Um, there's, there's the big teamwork obstacle at the end, uh, Pyramid Scheme, um, I know they modify that for the tougher wave, so they just throw a rope down so you can just climb up, but that is, that's pure teamwork. Um, so there is the balance, and I think um, they'll always have uh, things that, that you're on your own and, and maybe it's more strength-based, but I think most of the stuff that they'll be bringing out will still be teamwork-based obstacles, and then maybe one or two uh, modified obstacles that, that make it difficult for, for solo for solo people. I think Block Ness, for example, they probably never really thought about how people on their own would ever get over that. And um, I think, I, well, I know that the water, for example, was much deeper when it first came out, which made it very difficult for people to kind of jump up and, and pull themselves up. They've, they've lowered the water level, so short people like me would be able to, to pull themselves up and, and get that boost over the block um, from, from, from jumping from the floor. So, yeah, I, I think they've got the balance right and, and then depending on where they want to go, whether they want to be more solo and more tougher and toughest type races, maybe they'll bring out a couple of obstacles that are slightly more challenging. But um, they've also got quite a few things in the vault um, that could be more strength-based or, or solo-based that are, you guys... Um, I, I was thinking uh, cage call, for example, uh, your stuff is mudder where you're on your back and you're pulling yourself um, through the water. That's very much a solo one, but it's it's again very much a, a tough mudder because it's about the challenge. It's it's the fear of, of water and fear of, uh, fear of uh, claustrophobia and being enclosed in the water. That people people hate, don't they? That when they're real tight in and underwater, yeah. feel of like uh, uneasiness. Yeah. Exactly, but that that is pure tough mudder. That it's, it's it's a primal fear. It's, it doesn't have to be strength. You don't have to be strong. You don't even have to need to swim it. But it's just that fear of water helps. <laughs> no, that's it. But yeah, like you said, the course at uh, Southwest was very flat, quite open. Um, yeah. Not very traily. What have the other courses been like? Have they been a little more off road, a little more through the forest? Um, all throughout this season? Um, they, they've all been very different. I mean, uh, 
Southwest is very flat uh, and very straight. So I, I think if you imagine, I, I feel basically like it's an oval. You're going straight out and almost straight back again. Um, Yorkshire is quite hilly. So that, that is based around one big hill. So you're doing two laps up, uh, up against the hill. So that makes it very different. But, but it was very open. Um, Henley, if you go down to, to um, London West, which is the first one, that is the hilliest one of the season. So you're going up and down a, a massive hill. It's, it might as well be a mountain, really. Um, but then you, you are going through quite a bit of forest. Um, and then Northwest, um, which is the next one in, um, in near Chester, that's uh, very muddy. That's very traily and a lot of forest as well, but relatively flat compared to, to the rest. So they're all very different courses, very much like Spartan, where you have uh, a number of the obstacles that are the same, but actually it's the course and the location that makes it different and very varied from, from each other. Um, but, but Southwest, um, probably one of the most boring, if, I, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, but it's almost like um, London North, which was uh, Luton Way. That was very flat, but it was very fast. It was very open. So actually, you could run that and not have to worry about uh, kind of your ankle giving away uh, underneath. It. And, and, and what happened with, uh, with London North is that they weren't allowed to dig down either. So I think that Tough Mudder made a lot of choices where they had to really think about, well, if we can't do Mud Mile, you know, which is one of the big obstacles and one of the most fun obstacles that people like to do, what do we do? Um, so I, I think they put their thinking caps on and, and they came out with a, a great course at, at London North. Um, South, Southwest, like I say, is probably one of the most boring ones, but when you still get to play on Kong and, and Block Ness and, and play around in Mud Mile, then, you know, everyone's happy. Yeah, no. True. Get to go out in the obstacles, give them a play, which was always fun. Where do you see um, Tough Mudder going, Will, going forward? Where do, you, where do you see, sort of say, next year? Do you think Tough Mudder are going to make any big moves? Like, for instance, Tough Mudder X, like we have in America? I, well, I would like to see Tough Mudder X come here next year. It, I, 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 I mean, my feeling, and I, and I don't know, but I probably think they'll give Tough Mudder X another year in, in America. Maybe it comes to 2020. I don't know whether you guys know that um, they bought out Tough Mudder 5K in the city. Um, this year so it's a 5k obstacle course with um, uh, some of the big obstacles here um, that we have on, on the main course but they had them at Heaton Park the next one's in Clapham uh, in Edinburgh uh, Bristol and and it's just a clean obstacle race so they, they say there's no mud there's no water there's no electricity and it's actually a perfect uh, first race for anyone into into obstacle racing I, I did it in Manchester absolutely loved it so that was a 5k course what I'd like to see is they do some more like that so maybe turn it into a 10k course um, and I think that will be an absolutely fantastic race for people like yourselves 10k no mud no water it, it is pure urban type obstacle racing you know very much like a, a toughest where you're just going out and you're not really getting uh, you know, it's not really against the terrain. It's just more against you and the obstacles. Yeah. I'd, love to see, I'd love to see that. That's great. Um, so with Tough Mudder being more of a, like, a community-style feel to where everybody's sticking around after the race, um, would you suggest it to like, new racers to go and try? 
Um, this, <laughs> well, of course, I would say yes. Um, yeah. the, <laughs> the, Tough Motor are great. They, they've got two different types of races over the weekend. They've got the, the half, um, which is a, a five-mile course, and it doesn't have some of the bigger obstacles. So the half, which is a bit like an introduction, it doesn't have electroshock therapy, for example. It doesn't have Arctic Enema, but it does have Mud Mile and Block Ness. So you still have the, the fun there. Um, yeah. And then you also have the, the full, which is the 10 mile race. So there's a bit of every, bit of everything for everybody. Um, having the event village, there's lots of stuff going on, but I'd heartily recommend that if anybody does go to Tough Mudder, if they can, they should go camping. Let, let them have the full um, experience of, of the weekend. So generally, because I'm a season pass holder, I get to run Saturday and, and Sunday as part of my season pass. Mm-hmm. Um, but that generally means I'll travel down on a Friday, pitch my tent up, meet with people that because very much like Spartan, you you see the same faces, so you hang out, you you know, you have a chat around the campfire and, and, and have a beer and stuff. So on the Friday we do that, we go racing, um, you know, take it easy on the Saturday afternoon or go for another lap or whatever. Again, have a barbecue on Saturday and then race on a Sunday, say goodbye and go home. So I would, whatever you do, whether it's a five, the, the half or the full, or whether you do one lap, two laps or, or do both both days, uh, going camping actually is a, a, a fully different experience and you'll, you'll experience the community and, and what they call the legionnaires. So those that, that go uh, multiple times, um, it's, it's a fantastic experience and that's when you get the, the feeling of the community uh, much more. Yeah. I was quite in, uh, impressed with the event village that you mentioned as well. They had um, a lot of the brands that Tough Mudder work with. They had um, little challenges with yeah. their hands, which quite interactive. I might did, have you, done extremely did you do the uh, monkey bars? I did do the monkey bars. I okay at those. I did extremely badly at the Trek um, board where you had to oh, touch yeah. the buttons. <laughs> I think I was a little dehydrated after the race. Sure. I did not do well. <laughs> but they gave me a free trek bar, so I was happy. Uh, <laughs> no, it is fantastic. You're, you're right. Around the village, there's always things to do. You know, the, the tyre flip. And I know someone that's won several pairs of trainers from, from always being uh, top of, of the tyre flip. Um, normally, Samsung were around. They, they weren't around this weekend, but they, they normally have um, something sh- showing off their super slow-mo. Uh, I think it's going down a water slide and, and things like that. Normally, a DJ in, in the in the village as well. Um, Mud Mile, there's normally a DJ there and, and you know you can you can hang out on Mud Mile for whatever reason and and have a, a bit of a disco but yeah there's lots of stuff for, for people to do there's generally a few free things some some giveaways and competitions and and, and stuff so that yeah there's, there's, it's it's a great atmosphere and like like we said very early on um, if you get your finisher beer or your brew dog because I know they give that away um, in the village and sit yourself in front of electric shock therapy for 15 minutes it, it's it's well worth it your, your time oh. there Definitely. Do you um, have hot showers there, Will? Um, in the campsite, you do, but if you're um, if you're just there for the day, it's a it's a rinse station. It's, it's loads of showers, and it's not just a, a water tap. But it, it is cold for those that are just there for the day. They had um, a, quite a large bag for a bag drop tent. Um, they had a fair amount of toilets, which is always good. Loads of food vendors. Um, and 
lots of seating around, which I thought was quite nice as well. Uh, yeah. Find like a nice one of those beanbag chairs. I only noticed those on, on Saturday afternoons. Like, oh, wow. Did you see there was a um, there was a big sofa settee area that was all made out of hay bales as well? Yeah, I saw that. That, that, was, that cool. was quite nice. But yeah, there's, there's always nice places to, to sit. And um, sometimes, again, there's, there's big screens. So sometimes they'll show you live feeds around the village too, uh, around the court. So that's always, it's always great for, for people to see what's going on. Um, generally, the spectator routes for those that want to walk um, that's always quite well marked out, so you can go see the big obstacles and, and see where your, your friends are too. Again, I think just because it was um, the, the one loop um, at Southwest, I think it was a slightly more difficult for the spectators this time around, but generally it's a bit more compact and the spectators can get to see maybe four or five of the big obstacles as, as the friends are, are going around course. Nice. So we asked you what your best obstacle was, Will. What's the worst obstacle or the one you've <laughs> when you're out on course? Um, Devil's Beard is probably the worst one. Um, it's, it's, it's a cargo net. Um, and you were spoiled this weekend because they actually had the hay bale in there this time. But generally, it's just a cargo net. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it is what it is, isn't it? I, I think... There are places where you could put it, maybe uphill, make it a little bit more interesting, or even go, going downhill, but just stuck in the middle of a field and you've got to go under it. I'm, I'm never really a, a big fan of that. The one I probably hate the most is Birth Canal, um, which is you're, you're, you're going under a tunnel and it's a tarp and there's water on top of you crushing you down. So it's not that it's boring, it's just that it really does crush you down. And this weekend... All of the all of the tunnels were really full with water, so you really were crushed crushed down as you're trying to slide through. Um, so that was probably the most horrible um, uh, obstacle. No, it's just an uncomfortable feeling of just like getting under there and being crushed. I got to about halfway and I managed to like crawl, and then it just kind of like pushed me down. I had to like pull on the wood to get me going yeah i have to do that each time uh, with it you can be cruel i mean the trick for that one is to look along the top to see which one has the least water mm. that also helps but if you have someone um crawling behind you and uh, in, in, through the tunnel once you get past halfway what you need to do is kind of do a cat and, and push the water back and it crushes all the water back onto the person behind you so that's always a good thing to Lovely. do <laughs> Uh, so what did you think of the new obstacle they had with the um slack lines yeah it, it, it was um basically wasn't it a pair of slack lines over a, a shallow pool of water so you get on all fours and, and pull yourself across i i think it i think it's good that um tough mudder are trying to bring new obstacles um i personally would have hoped it was something bigger and better but actually if you kind of think about the normal per participant that, that does a tough mudder is something that's quite fun for them actually it is a bit of a challenge to to, to stay on as, as, as an obstacle and, and keep your balance um i think yeah i, I probably want to be a bit more spoiled and have something you know massive another kong infinity but yeah. if you think about it if they can get another obstacle out there that's quite easy to do and put together um that most people find fun and, and a bit of balance and, and you know, um, then, then all good. Let's get an extra obstacle in. Why, why, why not? Um, but yeah, it would have been nice if it was big, but hey, you can't have everything. No, true. I almost ran straight up to it and thought, oh, I'm going to slackline it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the volunteers were like, no, no, no. I was like, oh, what am I doing? 
<laughs> it was quite funny. I was going straight in the water. <laughs> so you were saying about your uh, upper body strength. Uh, yeah. How do you find Funky Monkey? Um, again, I mean, um, when I first started, so I, I, I've done 20 something um, tough murders. Started my very first tough murder was Northwest 2015. So through mm. 2015, m probably all of 2016, I could never do Funky Monkey at all. And it was really only last year when I started to kind of work in the gym and, and do a bit of functional fitness and all that kind of stuff that I started to do Funky Monkey. So now, absolutely love it because I can get across and, and keep dry. The yeah. first time they did Funky Monkey, the revolution, so now before they had um, monkey bars to the top and then um, scaffolding bars um, going sideways, so you're, you're kind of doing that um, yeah. on, on, on the way down. Um, but last year they bought the revolution with the wheels. So the first few times in 2017, I always get flew off by the first wheel because it's so big. The speed of the revolution, I always get flown off. But now I can do it. Absolutely love it. I like to keep dry. Apart from Sunday when I fell off because of the rain and all my solo muddies were laughing at me because it's the first time I've failed it for quite a while. <laughs> uh, that's, the, that's the fun part. <laughs> How about yourself? Do you, do you like that? I mean, are there other races that, that you've done that have something very similar to that? Um, monkey, monkey, like that eyes of an obstacle. Um, that's, I think it's just like a statement obstacle of Tough Mudder. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy it. I thought it was fun. I really like doing the, uh, the wheels and stuff. I'm lucky enough to do it in the toughest mud um, events last year, this year, and also this weekend just gone. Um, and to complete it, but it's just good fun. Mm. It's great to uh, it's great to give a go. Definitely, excellent. But definitely um, creative with their obstacles, don't they? You know, like I, I wasn't there at the weekend. Will I've only ever done one tough matter, but obviously I'm a big Spartan guy. But I, I do think now, like with tough matter, you look at their their courses and you just think, Christ, how much work and effort has gone into building those obstacles for one two hour race? You know, they do. Put it all out there, don't they? I, I, absolutely. And, um, you know, King of the Swingers, I don't know whether you ever got to, to play on that. Um, that was a fantastic obstacle. And I think that was probably a bit too big and too expensive for them you to build. Try to grab the bell, is it? Or the that, yeah. That's, yeah, that's oh. right. You, you jump out onto the swing, you swing out and then kick, kick the bell. Um, yeah, and into probably about 10 foot deep uh, pool of, of water underneath you. Um, yeah, they're, they're absolutely fantastic and, and they bring new obstacles every year, um, generally. Um, you'll normally see a few, I'm going out towards Surface Mudder in November, um, and they, they'll bring out a couple of uh, new obstacles there that they then try and bring out for, for the following season. Um, but I also know that they do invite certain people to their test centre in, in New York where they put together prototypes of obstacles and, and so to get an idea of what people think about the, this particular obstacle, whether it can be bigger, better, more challenging, easier and everything else. And they're currently doing an obstacle design competition. Uh, and I know Kong Infinity, for example, that was um, a design from a Scottish Legionnaire, I think last year or the year, year before. So, you know, depending on um, size and, and practicality, if they get a good design, they, they will use it. That's cool. Excellent stuff. So you're going out to uh, World's Toughest Mudder. What's the, what's the goal? 
Um, uh, well, I've, I've been injured very recently, so I, I'm, I've, I've got to get on it. There's three months to go. Um, I'm aiming for at least 60. I think anything over 50 will be fine. I did, I did 30 at Europe Surface Mudder, so I'm, I'm a contender, so just a better pit area more than anything else. Um, so it's just going out and, and enjoying it. Unfortunately, it's not Las Vegas this time, so it's, it's Atlanta, Georgia. So for everyone, it's absolutely brand new. We won't yeah. know what's going on. It's probably going to be very much like England uh, in the winter. So it could be cold and wet and muddy. It could be dry and normal. Well, at least with Vegas, you knew it's going to be dry and warm in the day and then just dry and colder at night. But Atlanta, it could be anything. So um, a bit of a disadvantage there. But I'm, lo I'm really looking forward to it. Um, 50 or more, but I'd, I'd, I'd be more pleased with 60 or more. Nice. That's good. Are you going to be doing the rest of the tough mother races here in the UK before as kind of like a build-up? Yeah, and that's why kind of really at the beginning of the season, I thought, well, I want to do toughest mother, uh, well, toughest mother, hence why I bought the season pass. So, and that's why this weekend I started to multi-lap just to get a bit of endurance going. It doesn't really matter about the time, just the time on your feet, as, as you know. So, yeah, Northwest is next, um, which is only 10 minutes away from my house. Um, and then we've got two more weekends for um, London South. So, yeah, really looking forward to the rest of it. But I've got to get back into training. I've, uh, so I've not really been running for the past six six or so weeks. But um, this weekend, knee, knees held up. So I'm, I'm going to get back out on the road and on the trails. Excellent. That's perfect then. So have you got any advice for, like... People who want to sign up for a Tough Mudder, which one should they do? I know you said the 5K was a great kind of start point. Do you yeah. think they should sign up for the 5Ks, the halves, or just go straight in for the full? If, if, if people are very, very brand new and, and never done an OCR, then, then 5K. Um, however, if you uh, just have done others, you know, whether it's Spartan or Nuclear or Nuts or whatever, uh, go straight into the full and, and do the 10 mile because you get to plan the, the very fun, big, big obstacles. Um, I think most people listening to you to the podcast here, I wouldn't recommend them doing the five. They, they will have done things like that before. So go do the 10, do the obstacles that, that, um, that Tough Mudder are known for and, and enjoy it. Brilliant. Um, so where can people find you, Will? Is it solo mudders they can come and run with you guys? Yeah, so if, if they go on Facebook and find OCR solo mudders, I'm, I'm just a loudmouth, I'm not admin. Um, but that's a place where if you're... If you like um, OCR running or you just don't have any friends or family that, that just don't want to do it with you, then it's a group where you just join a group and, and run with us. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's uh, will.i.can. And, yeah, it's full of Tough Mudder pictures and pictures of my dog and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, people can find me on, on Instagram. <laughs> get a lot of people come to you now. I want friends. <laughs> Uh, they just want to see pictures of Winston, obviously. Yeah, oh, yeah. clearly. <laughs> clearly, he's the star. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will put all of uh, those links in the below section so you can catch up with Will, see his Tough Mudder adventures, and see him out in World's Toughest Mudder. Yeah, you can look at that, mate. Thanks Thank for you. coming on, Will. Excellent. Thank you very much. See you soon. Take care. Thanks. Spartans! What is your profession? You've been listening to OCR Audio with Luke and Jack. See you next time.